I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Alborigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the School Owner Talk Podcast. Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alborigo. Ali, great to be with you, sir. Yeah, no problem. My name sounded funny because you froze like a little quick. So it's Ali Ab Go. And then yeah, it's great. It's great to be with you as well, man. Good to good to see you and good to hear your voice. Well, Mr. Alvarigo, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's no problem, man. I get it. How many times I think I spelled your name wrong and you were like, That's it's two M's, one a T, right? Or something like that. One M and two T's. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I normally make the mistake on. Uh, well, and you know what the funny part is, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten uh, Facebook messages from people and they spell my name incorrectly. And it's mm. like, did you not even look at the name that you are attempting to type right. as you're typing it? Because it's right. right there. I know it's right on Facebook, <laughs> on the messenger, right? It says it right in front. That's just going to show you that people don't pay attention. It's a quick thing. Boom, I'm going to send it. I make mistakes like that all the time. And then I go back and I reread what I posted. And it's like gibberish, you know, and I'm like, man, this this made sense to me at four in the morning, <laughs> you know, like that kind of right. So, so is, is it uh, uh, bad that I'm having my snack while we do our podcast? I don't know. Is it? I once got yelled at for coaching and I was I, I was like my sugar was dropping and I was eating a pretzel. So I guess it was kind of crunchy. And one of the guys that I coached at the time was so angry. He actually said to me, he goes, I don't pay you to eat while I'm doing coaching with you. And I said, okay, that's great. And you know what? You don't have to pay me anymore at all because I'm not coaching you anymore. And, uh, and that was it. I didn't coach him. And, and, you know, but I didn't bother to explain, look, I, if I don't eat, I haven't eaten in six hours cause I'm coaching all morning and my sugar's dropping and I'm a diabetic and I, you know, I, I get a headache and I feel nauseous, you know, that kind of thing. It was just the attitude and how it came out, which was so kind of offensive to me, but I don't yeah, find well, it at all a problem. All right, good, good. It, it, I, I had a call before we got on our podcast. It lasted a little bit longer, so I didn't get to yeah. get my. I eat every two and a half, three hours, so you know I try and to I stay think on schedule. That, that's part of your health coaching, right? You say that you have to eat every few hours rather than eating two meals, big meals a day, or you know one or two small meals and one huge meal, kind of. Yeah, thing. I mean it definitely helps to keep your insulin levels uh, where they need to be. You know what yeah. I mean? You're not spiking and dropping. Absolutely. Well, that's per, per cool. what you just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how, and I'm at being a diabetic. It's even worse because it, it, when my, when my sugar goes either high or low, I feel sick. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then it takes a while to get rid of that feeling because once you hit that point of no return, it takes a lot of time to get back to the normal. So anyway, yep. speaking of that, oh, we have a really good show uh, today. And, you know, the topic is on, off and away from the mat. Discover how to manage your daily time to increase personal rejuvenation, productivity, and preparation. So why don't you start us off with your thoughts on that? Because you and I were just chatting about it, and it makes total sense. So if you could start that, and we'll we'll discuss it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give a quick backstory. This is not original to me, um, although there are some bits and pieces that I, I picked up along the way. But what really solidified it for me was... Um, an entrepreneurial coach by the name of Dan Sullivan. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Of course, he calls it something different, but the concept is still the same. And he actually took it because uh, he was in the um, entertainment industry in the beginning of his uh, career. Right. And what he saw <clears throat> was these actors where they had on stage time, mm -hmm. which obviously the, you know, um, the show's happening. It's being recorded or they're actually on the stage. It's live. Right. And that's when they have to be on their game focused. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, they had backstage time, which was the preparation right. for on stage. Mm. So that's when they rehearse their lines. They do, you know, uh, they make all their mistakes so that they get it right when they get right on stage. And then they had, uh, you know, away from the stage time where it's just... That's where they're relaxing. That's their downtime. They're with their family. They're on vacation, whatever it is. They had those three. And what he teaches entrepreneurs is basically the same thing. The concept of, uh, you know, focus time where you're on stage. Preparation time where you are preparing to get focused. Mm -hmm. And then you're away time. So right. you have your vacations and all those things. And so... Uh, I kind of decided, obviously, as a martial arts school owner that, you know, I, I wanted to call it, you know, on the mat, off the mat and away from the mat. Right. Right. And when we segment, at least what I've found is when I segment my life in those three areas, in those three ways, what's that allowed me to do then is to show up to each of, of those areas on the mat, off the mat and away from the mat, a much better person. Mm -hmm. And so let's just take away from the mat first. Although I know probably most school owners are really focused on, you know, on the mat and even off the mat, because, you know, on the mat, we got to, that's where we're teaching. Our student retention is happening. I mean, all of those things are occurring off the mat is where, we're, you know, we're trying to bring in new students. We're preparing yeah. for the next class, you know, or excuse me, the next day or the marketing and all that other stuff. But I really think without proper off the mat opportunities, it doesn't matter what you're doing, um, you know, or excuse me, away from the mat opportunities. It doesn't matter what you're doing off the mat and on the mat because you're eventually going to burn out. Okay. And so let's just take um, athletes, for instance. An athlete, when they're on the mat, let's say, they're, you know, they're doing their race or they're playing their game. Yeah. And they're super focused on that. And, and, but when they're off the mat, they're preparing for it, right? They're taking the swings if they're, a, a, if they're a baseball player. They're running the plays if they're in football or whatever it is. Or they're right. doing the weight training. Mm -hmm. But – you know, let's just take weight training with that, with an athlete. What is the most important part of weight training? Are you asking me? Yeah. In, in my opinion would be the uh, repetition and consistency, but, but focus while you're there. The rest, because okay. you can't gain the, the you can't gotcha. gain the, the strength right. if you don't give your pot, the body the proper rest that it needs mm -hmm. so that you can push it the next time, right? Right, right. Too much rest is not good. 
and no rest, not enough rest, is definitely not good. And what I mean by too much rest is that you start to become complacent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then obviously, if you're not resting enough, then you're going to injure your body and it's not going to perform the way that you need it or want it to perform anyhow. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. And so that's for me, that's where I started. and, And I do this every year, you know, that we close specific times out of the year. So I close, um, what? a week for spring break because my wife works for the school district. So whatever week that they're closed, I'm closed. Uh, we also close uh, a week for, um, oh, what is it? Fourth of July week. Right. We close that week. I closed two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. So mm-hmm. those whole two weeks were closed as well. Right. Um, but then I also have small little closures that we do. Labor Day, Memorial Day, we're, we're closed Monday and Tuesday. And obviously that weekend before. So that Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, that's a four-day off time for us. Right. Um, President's Day, Columbus Day, depending on when um, Halloween falls, because I'm not open on Halloween. So yeah. what is, when is Halloween this year? Let me look. It's on the it's on a Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we're actually, we'll actually be closed Monday and Tuesday. So I pre-plan my closings. That's awesome. So I pre-plan my off the mat times. And when I'm off the mat, I am off the mat. Mm. And then I also come noon on Fridays. So noon all the way until Monday, I'm off the mat as well. Right. So I'm not thinking about the studio. I'm not concerned about what's going on there. I'm not interacting with the studio. They know that, you know, if, if there was an emergency, then they could get a hold of me. But other than that, it's got to wait until Monday morning yeah. when I will check my messages. Oh, well, I kind of order- know that. I know that even as your friend, that that sometimes I'm not going to get a response between X day and the next day, right? Like whatever it is, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So can I, can I add to one thing without throwing you off track? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you mentioned as an actor, um, I, I've done acting and stuff like that. So I kind of get exactly the analogy that you're saying, but I, I equate it to like being in a play and let's say you do three plays for the day. You have three classes for the night. And, and I remember when I was a young martial artist teaching that I would put so much energy into my classes that by the end of the night, I was trashed. Like I was yep. done. Like I remember once going with my daughter's mom to uh, Las Vegas and I did a video presentation on uh, Century's video series with Herb Perez. That's where we first hung out and chatted. And then I, um, I taught a physical seminar on martial arts after, and then I did two speaking engagements and I was done. So I was so tired. Like at the end of the night, all my friends wanted to go out. I had no energy. And I remember my daughter's mom got so mad at me at the time. I can't believe it. We're in Vegas. You're lame and uh, lazy. And, and I'm like, I had literally given it my all. It wasn't a lot. She goes, only like five hours or four hours, you know, but I had spent all my energy on those events. And by the way, I wanted to show you a picture. If I could hold this up, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but this guy was my yoga teacher. His name was Swami Buaji. When he passed away, he was 124 years old. And Swami would often, he would often um, be sitting there talking to you and you would have thought that he fell asleep. 
but then he would answer you. So he would conserve his energy by relaxing in such a state where his body wasn't moving. And he, he said it was part of him being able to live so long because he didn't work all day long and exert himself all day long. Um, but with that being said, he taught me how not to give my all, but still appear to give my all, but not technically physically give my all. And, uh, you know, so like a, like a, an actor on the stage, he acts like, you know, he's in love or he's, you know, having a fight, but they're not really having a fight. So they're not dealing with the adrenaline and the stress and all that other stuff. It's all an act. So I think that that's important for us to understand that you, you have to conserve your energy throughout the day and not kill yourself during classes. So that was just the first comment on that beginning section. So, so yeah. keep on going with the rest of it. No, I, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, um, you know, the, the away from the mat time, I think we as school owners, um, we, we don't get enough of that. Mm. And I can remember um, when I was being coached by Grandmaster Keith Hafner. Right. He would say, you know, you got to take time every day to get that yellow piece of uh, paper, you know, the legal pad, sit there quiet. And then whatever comes to mind, just start writing it down. Right. Right. And I never understood that. I thought that's such a waste of time that mm. is so unproductive. Now I get it. Now I get that I need that away time. Mm -hmm. um, in order to then actually perform when I need to perform. Right. So that away from the mat, I just would recommend everybody start to schedule your, your weeks, your months, your, your days, whatever, however you're going to do it. And, and then that way, so let me ask you this, how often have you found yourself that when you're away from the mat, you're thinking about the map. Oh, it's not how often it's all the time. Okay. Like that's my, like, I, I think I told you before we started, I don't know if I told you before I started, but we, um, I think I did where, where I woke up at like 4am, 3, 3.30, 3.45. I was awake, wide awake till like 4.30 before I could get back to sleep. And on my mind was everything Doja related, you know, students signing up, students quitting, you know, retention systems, what we're doing, uh, this new thing that we're working on you and I, which is called the international martial art appreciation month. Um, all of this stuff was going through my head and I don't know why Dwayne, where all of a sudden I wake up and I cannot sleep. Like my brain falls asleep and then somehow starts coming up with these crazy scenarios. And then I'm awake and I can't sleep because my brain is just racing with all these thoughts. But okay, so let's take the the opposite of that. How many times have you been on the floor and you thought about your family? Like I should have been, I, like I should be spending time with them. Yeah, not 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 much. Like I want, I do think about them, but not nearly. I should say not nearly as much as I worry about the business and paying yeah. bills and running the school and the students and who quit and who joined and who's upset and who's happy. Like that stuff is, you know, all you know. My life, personal life, is quite simplified and and happy. You know, like, so I don't have to worry. I don't have to, but I, you know, like what's going on. It's just good. You know, so most I'm, people that I've talked to though, is, you know, when they're at work, they're thinking about things at home. And mm -hmm. when they're at home, they're thinking about things at work. Right. 
And the problem with that is uh, really is that no wonder they're exhausted all the time. Right. Right. Because, you know, they're not ever present focused. You know, uh, mm -hmm. what is it uh, that saying wherever you are, be there. Right. Yeah, I love it. But it's really difficult to be there wherever you are if you don't actually set these boundaries up mm. and create these zones for yourself. Meaning, you know, usually most of the time, yes, I would agree with you. When I'm on the mat and I'm teaching, I am focused and I am on right, the mat. Right, right, right. There are a very few times, there are some, but very few where something will hit me while I'm on the mat mm. that needs to be addressed off the mat. Right. But that's where I will yell over to the program director or I will say, hey, something to an instructor and say, hey, go tell the program director to to write this down for me or whatever. You know right. what I mean? Right. I hear you. So that I can get right back focused. Same mm -hmm. thing. You wake up in the middle of the night, whatever's racing, you know, you grab your yellow legal pad, you write everything down that's racing yeah. and then you roll back over and try to go back to sleep. Yeah. So that it, it's just sitting there. Oh, and let me by the way, that is a great method that you just mentioned. So like if people have the problems that I have, that is a great method to do that where you write things down or I used to record things into a little voice recorder. And I have to tell you, like on Seinfeld, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld where he, he had th thought of a joke and he wrote it down. And then the next day when he woke up, he was hysterical laughing in his sleep. And then when he woke up, he couldn't figure out what the joke was. And he kept showing it. Does this make any sense to you, Dwayne? Like what I just, what that says. And then like, it was just gibberish, right? So, but I've had that where I've written down stuff and, and you know, in my dreams and then woken up and written down great ideas, come up with good concepts and so on. But it is, for me, sleep is, it's, bad. I, I don't sleep well at all. I think that's, and that's by the way that I'm sure in your health coaching, you talk about that as a, a, a form of health. Good sleep is for good health, right? Oh, it definitely is going to age you if you don't get good sleep, you know, and you got to yeah. figure out what the heck's going on, whether you need whatever, you, whatever your body needs, right. You yeah. know, maybe it's more magnesium, whatever. I don't know, right. but like right. you really need to figure that out. But yeah, that off the mat time, I, I think is more important than the on the mat time because right. that's going to help you. Now, that being said, uh, or excuse me, the way uh, away from the mat time. So your resting time and some of the best, I don't know about you, but some of the best ideas right. that have ever struck me is when I've been, um, you know, away from the mat. Right. It's not when I've been off the mat preparing to get on the mat. Hmm. It's when I've been actually away and then my brain can actually start to take all the things that I'm concerned about, the things that I've been thinking about, and actually have time to process them and come up with a with a solution. And again, I go back to I didn't really understand this when when Grandmaster Hafner said this, but he, he was just he was talking about you you got a problem, you write it on the sheet of paper, right? You put it on the legal pad, put yeah. it down. You well, do wait a couple of days because then it, it'll it'll resonate. Your your subconscious is going to start to work yeah. on it. And I'm thinking, what? Right. It's You're so right. true. It's so true. And you and I are both really good at goal setting and time management or, or placing things in prioritized order and so on. So I do. Um, one thing that you're saying that keeps sticking in my head is preparation. You've said this in a number of different ways, preparing for on the mat, preparing for downtime. So the key, I think, for a lot, 
and a big problem, I think, for many school owners is they're caught in what we call the thick of things, the day to day, that hamster wheel, right? They're just running, 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 running until they're exhausted. They go home, they try to get rest, maybe try to sleep like me, and then uh, they're back at it again the next day, but they're just back in the hamster wheel running. And it's kind of hard to get things done when you're just caught in the day to day. So yep. I think that the key to a lot of what you're saying is preparation, right? So preparing you know, for what you need to do on the mat so that you're not guessing at it when you're on the mat, right? Preparing for what you're going to do when you're off the mat. And we just started my clients, the my, my personal coaching clients that I work with, we just started goal setting, even though that they know the concept of goal setting, most of them don't actually use goal setting principles. So what we've been doing is writing down goals, prioritizing them in ABC categories, A123, B123, C, you know, through. And um, we've been starting to chip away at those things. And the people are so much more productive. And then they start to say things which I find excellent. They're going like, wow, I got that done. They feel a sense of achievement. Oh, I'm moving on. So what are we going to do? We slide everything up, right? We got this task done, the A task, A1. Now we slide everything back up again. And the C's become B's, B's become A's. And we start doing it. But it has to do with that word that you said is preparation. Yeah. And I will tell you what has worked for me more consistently than not has, you know, just writing down three goals that I need to accomplish for the day. Mm-hmm. And here's the freedom behind it is I will schedule my time to get those three things done. Mm-hmm. And if I get them, I get all three done. Let's, let's say I get all three done by noon. I take the rest of the time, the rest of the day off. That's great. Where most people would go, Oh, I can start working on the next one. Right. Right now. I don't do that anymore. Hmm. I just work on the three, I get the three done. Um, and then I, I take the time off. So like I have three things to accomplish today. One has already been, uh, accomplished. Um, I have two more to complete by the time we fi- finish, I should be done probably with everything. Let's say by, I don't know, 1230 my time. Okay. And then I'll, I will be taking the rest of the day off. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the rest of the day mean from now until you start teaching classes or are you off tonight? Do you have someone teaching classes for you? Yeah, I have I have my staff teaching the classes for me. Okay. But if if that was the case, I would take the rest of the time off until I had to be in there to teach. Yeah, I love that. So for many people listening, what do you think they look, it's very easy to say what you're saying, right? And to get yourself to do it is another thing, especially if, if you're a new school or you're trying to build your school, we think just piling on the things to do and getting them done, you know, we check them off the box and then we move forward and, you know, we could add more and we could keep doing more. Um, but then you get to a point where you start to burn out or, you're exhausted and you, you can't continue or do the job correctly, or you start to get like when they say hangry, where you're hungry and angry. Right. But you start to get that anger. Like when you have lack of patience and, you know, and right. tolerance because you're tired right now, everything you do annoys the crud out of you. Right. So what is your suggestion? And um, maybe I could share a little bit of my ideas on that too, but what's your suggestion for people who are new at this? What do you need to do? Um, I guess really define the lines. What is on, what is on the mat? 
what is off the map and what is away from the map. Okay. So that and, would be like business preparation and maybe teaching. Right. And then running the office. Right. And then personal time. Yeah. So uh, exactly. So, or, or not, yeah. So on the mat for me would be, I'm teaching the classes, but if I was the program director on the mat would mean I'm working the desk. Right. Right. Which I've done before. Right. Meaning my, my staff's been in, uh, on the floor on the mat and I had the program director, both program directors couldn't make it in or whatever. So right. I, you know, I would go over there and I'd work the, work the desk. Well, that's mm -hmm. on the mat for me. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm on, I'm focused yeah. on, on that. Your tasks. Yes. Now off, the, off the mat is everything that is going to get me prepared to step onto the mat. So if I'm, you know, if I'm the teacher, I got to work on the curriculum yeah. or the lesson plan or follow up with this student, you know, depending on what the roles are for that person. So, you know, my head instructor has roles that he has to fulfill. He is managing the whole staff. So right. part of his off the mat is to manage the staff mm. is to write the lesson plans. It's to, you know, uh, you know, like, so all of those preparation things that he has to do, he has his own tasks to follow up on. So when there's new trial students, he has the good job card that he has to write and send out to them. He's got the phone calls he makes uh, after the second class saying, hey, Johnny did really good. I really liked working with him, blah, 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 blah. Do you got any questions? Whatever it is. I mean, he's got his own preparations in order to get back onto that mat. Does that make sense? Totally. So I, I remember one thing comes to mind is that we've talked about this a million times is that thing that I developed called the DNA. Um, yeah. and the DNA was designed simply because people didn't know what to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Like for example, when I was at the Spark convention, they had a really cool innovative thing where um, it was like one through 24 of all the different systems within Spark. And they said, you know, put a number one in the area that you have for the things you're doing and put a, Z, a number one in the things you're not doing. And, um, you know, so for me, I think the list was 24 or 26 and I was doing like 20, 22 out of the 24 or 26. But a lot of people were more like nine systems, 10 systems. So in other words, they weren't utilizing Spark. But then again, I believe that's because they don't know when they should be doing these things. They don't know what they should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis to complete the activity. So at the end of the week, you're, you're completing what needs to be done each week until the end of the month. And then every month until the end of the quarter. And a lot of that, a lot of times those things go undone. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, it goes back to preparation and that old saying, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So how do you get it done if you don't know you're supposed to do it? Right. It's just like yeah. eating every two hours. If you don't know to eat every two hours, you just say, hey, I'm hungry, I'll eat. And I'll eat a big meal. And then you wait until the next time when you could get to your meal. And you don't realize that your body's actually working against you. Yeah. Right. So so that's interesting. So so that's great, though. So then what, what's a few suggestions you would give to people on how you prepare? Because I remember we've done podcasts in the past where you used to back in the day. I don't know. It's when you were single or when you first opened your school, you would take off like a month at once a month or once every quarter and rent a hotel or go somewhere. Yeah. 
and just brainstorm, take out your legal pad and write down all the things you want to do. Like right now I'm doing a list with my, my staff member, Ryan head instructor at my school. And I'm saying like, what would we like to repair and clean and fix in the dojo physically, cosmetically? What would we, what that we haven't really seen you know, like we had a broken piece of molding and it's funny when I do my dojo tour um, and we had a stained ceiling tile and I'll, I'll say to the parents, oh, this is this room. And I'll see them look up and I know their eyes are on that ceiling tile or they look down and they see a cracked piece of molding. Like I, I noticed that, you know, so like what would you suggest? How do people organize themselves to get these things done? With regards to um, like, like you used to take off for the month and you would brainstorm, like, what do you think? Like, how do they do it? Put a list of things. I know for me. Yeah. I know for me, I had to get away. Mm. Even if um, I stayed in town, it was a, it was a problem because there's too many distractions. Right. And so I had to get away, had to turn my phone off. Um, I didn't have an iWatch at the time. So, you know, but I, I did. I, in order to be focused, that's what I did is I, I went on, a, like you said, a three day retreat. I was just away. Um, now I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm married now, so I don't go on three day retreats alone. Um, but Although you and your wife do go away a lot with your health coaching and other things and your guys are away and you're, you're, I watch you up from, from afar, you're on bicycles, going on a bicycle ride, but you're at the convention during the day and you're, you're taking your business time to enjoy family time as well. You found a way to blend them together too, right? Yeah. But we have boundaries. They're separated, right? You know? Right. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we did, we usually go, it's been this week was only, or this year was only two, no, one week in Siesta Key, um, you know, for the 4th of July time. Right. Um, and then I went to a martial arts convention at the end. They, yeah. they, they came, uh, I say they, my wife and, and our youngest, they came to the convention with me just for one day. They weren't okay. at the convention. They went to Disney Springs cause it was yeah. on Disney's property. Great. They flew home a day ahead. I flew home the next day after the event was over. So we just tagged on, you know, work at the end of our yeah. vacation. I mean, really did. I, I mean, I missed one day of vacation. Mm. is is what happened but it was well worth yeah. it for me yeah. now that being said we're going back down in um in december we're taking a whole week right before christmas and and going down there and that's going to be straight vacation that's nothing else but yeah vacation time yeah you know? and i i love it i'm actually uh last week uh or two weeks ago i think it was now i think two weeks ago was the spark con the spark convention or whatever that I went to. And it's interesting because, you know, I know a lot of the stuff, like, and I, I want to preference by saying I'm not a know-it-all, but I know like tons of stuff that they were going over. However, there was tons of things that I've forgotten to do that I haven't done in a while. Things that I thought maybe I should do other things and I just replaced them. And then I realized like there were so many things that were missing and then I took my main staff member with me and it really rejuvenated him. Like mm -hmm. he's, I, I have to text him. How was the class tonight? How were the classes when I'm not there? Now he's texting me. Classes were great. I had a, <laughs> such a great time. He's, you know, I, and I love it. And, and he said, uh, you know, he did Roland Osborne's hyper training for like eight hours on seven hours on one day. And he said to me, I'm doing it. I love it. I, I and I'm incorporating it into what we do, but I'm going to do it better. Like he's, he's just motivated, 
you know, right. and I think Roland really excited him again, you know, because he's been teaching with me for the last, being with me for the last 20 something years. So it's very easy to fall off path and, and lose that motivation. And for school owners, I think that that's essential to go to those conventions, get away from where you are every day and, and see what other, even if you went and visited Kenny Bigby's dojo, our friend in Indiana, or go down to my buddy John Gaston's school just to see their operation and how they're working it or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I would call that, you know, that's off the mat, but part of that can be away from the mat. You know what I mean? Cause you can yeah. make a vacation or you can make downtime in, in those. Uh, and really as, as business owners, that's what we should be doing anyways. Right. I love I mean, it. From, you know, from the standpoint that I, I, I pay to go down to do X, Y, or Z. Um, but uh, yeah. I'm also going to take, take time to, you know, rejuvenate. And I, and I just, the, the older, I don't want to say because of age, I think it's because of wisdom, the, the, but the old, I'm not going to say I'm wise, but the older I get, the, the, the more I really believe that that downtime is, is really important. And I'll give you a, for instance, uh, who had reference to in the beginning, Dan Sullivan, who really was the, the one that kind of really brought this all together for me with regards to segmenting those time. He actually takes 180 days off a year, hmm. every year. And he yeah. books that at the beginning of every year, he books himself 180 days off. Right. That's outstanding. And then he gets all the other work done in between. Yeah. I Imagine have, if we took 180 days off. I don't know. I mean, I'm off every, like you have your class are Monday through Thursday. You're off every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? And then you have off eight weeks during the year where the dojo's closed, uh, you know, uh, 4th of July, Christmas Eve, yep. to New Year's Day. So there's a lot there that you've built in to your schedule. It's, it's interesting. Um, I have a client, we just went out to breakfast this morning and uh, we were chatting about how he set up his black belt club. And I had said to him, you should do it once a month like me. It's different than most other people's black belt club concept. I said, oh, so you have one class a month, 12 a year with three special seminars. So it makes you 15 hours a year. Um, and uh, no, no, no. And he did it every single week. Now, after months went by, he's complaining that not, people are not attending. They're not, you know, they're, you know, he's tired. And it, I said, you should have listened to me and done it once a month. And you still could have gotten the same buy-in or interest from the students. So I, I only say that because it's like, it's funny how we don't listen sometimes and we do things the hard way as school owners, because we think not in my area, not in my school, it works for Dwayne, but where's Dwayne from? I just had another buddy of mine at breakfast saying, oh yeah, it's easy to sign up a hundred students when you first open in another place. But, and I do agree with him to some extent, we're saturated with competition in New York. He said, but it's not as easy in New York. And, and I get it, but at the same time, it's doable. It yeah. depends on how hard you want to work and grind. Well, I, I really think that less is more. Yeah. I'm really coming to that conclusion that going deep is is uh, more important, more beneficial, and less stressful than going wide. Right. Now, how, like for me, that taking the days off in the early stages, giving myself vacations, building them into the schedule, um, me personally taking off and letting the students teach, 
that was a tough thing for me. Like I, yeah. at first in the early days, I'd micromanage. We didn't have cell phones. We had pagers. So my guys would have to page me the minute class they opened. So I knew they were there and they'd page me when they were done and they were locking up. And so I was controlling it, micromanaging it from afar until I finally learned that I could trust certain people and they could do it for me. Um, now, uh, Ryan and I, we, we check in every night together just to see how things went, if there are any issues, any injuries, any complaints. Um, but overall, I could now feel comfortable that I don't have to be watching on the camera if I'm taking the night off. I used to be on the phone watching the class on my telephone because I have camera systems in the dojo. Now I can basically just say Tuesday's my night off, Thursday's my night off, Saturday sometimes I'll take off, and I could feel okay with it but it took me a long time to get to that point where i the dojo didn't dominate my brain even when i was off because no sense taking off if you're going to be worried about the dojo and, and running tasks from afar right yeah no that's so true and i and i fell into that same trap to a certain degree as well um i um <clears throat> i would watch the cameras and then i would see something and then i would call yeah me too you know the front desk and go you know hey this person's been sitting standing at the front desk waiting for 10 minutes like where right. where in the world are you to help them like whatever yeah. right and i and i i learned in the beginning too i mean i and i got to credit mr bean he's had so much patience with me is um <clears throat> i learned that i i can't be even on the floor when he's teaching not because he's a bad teacher i can't be on the floor when anybody's teaching yeah because in my head I, you know one i feel that i i'm superior you know right. what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just like, in, you know what I mean? Um, but two, I've, I stepped on his toes so many times. I can't right. tell you. I mean, he, he probably should have broken feet as many times as I've stepped on his toes. And yeah. He's shown me a lot of grace. And now I don't, I don't step on the floor. Um, I, 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 I really let them make their own mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. How do you no, correct really hard. How do you then make the necessary corrections in a different day, a different time, a special class? Like, how do you make those? Because I, I, I'm the same way. I, the minute I jump on the floor in my school, everyone stops the class. Like even a, a, one of the underbelts could yell, Yame, Shion's on the floor. And then they all turn and bow, Onagaishimasu in Japanese, please teach me. And then I come out. And a lot of times at that moment, my staff is engaged and they're uh, poof, they'll go to the sides of the room. And then I just, it's my dog and pony show. Right. But I want them to help, but they feel like, Hey, I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to. And by the way, some of them do get yelled at by me if they step on me when I'm talking and they're talking loud in the corner. But, um, how do you do that? How do you instruct your people? How do you teach your staff? So <clears throat> we have weekly staff training. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Bean is in charge of weekly staff training. So when he sees things, he's correcting them. Right. Bean and I have a weekly meeting. Um, sometimes it's face to face. Normally it's over the phone. Um, and we just talk about things that are happening. What, right. What's been going on? What are things that you know you need to cover in the staff meeting? And how are you going to address these situations? But he's been with me for so long that I... I really don't, there's not a lot of input. Right. I actually spend more time with the second location and, and that instructor, um, you know, helping him navigate 
some of the um, opportunities there or yeah. if they're problems. You know, what I mean? I'm just I'm, I'm chuckling because I was going to call them problems. Right. Um, but, you know, how to navigate those opportunities, if that makes sense. And so if I, I just found that if I pull back and give them the reins and really had didn't done my due diligence in picking the right person. Right. That it, everything's going to turn out all right to the, to, in, in most cases, um, when I give them advice, they receive it. So rather than me having to tell them, you know, Hey, you should do this. You should do that. Just ask questions and go, well, how did this go? You know, how do you think it could go differently next time? Or do you even want it to go differently next time? Really slowing down and, um, getting really asking the right questions to navigate the conversation where I really wanted it to go in the beginning yeah. anyways, but not mm. being so forceful. That's uh, one of the key steps in this really great book called crucial conversations right. that you asked me to read, <laughs> right? How to correct without correcting, how to, how to correct without criticizing, how to not make the person feel bad, for things that may be not up to the standards of the boss, the manager, and so on. And how do we get the team on board so that they feel that the correction is an improvement for everyone, for the culture, not based on just, and we're actually doing that now. We've been doing that since we got back from Spark, uh, you know, really working on the culture in our school. And for a while, I have to say that I thought in my personal opinion, as the owner, the founder, the guy who started it all, that it was kind of going downhill because my staff and team weren't necessarily on the same page. They didn't see a value in the things that I was asking them to do. So they would skip doing them or they wouldn't do them 100 percent because they didn't see a value in it. Why bother? Right. So now it's about connecting the message so that they are like, I get it. This is why Ali, Shehan Ali does this. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's just, I think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's like you said, it's connecting the dots in a way that yeah. they get a buy-in. Right. I love and, it. And, and I, so with regards to all of that, I th think it's important for you as a school owner to create those away from the map moments so that you can enjoy your life because you're, you're working to create an impact right at that studio on those students yeah but if you yourself are not you don't have the proper rest and relaxation and then motivation to inspire those students it, it you're just going to you're not going to like your job right. it's going to just come down to that now away from the mat activities would include sitting down with a legal pad, right? Right. Reading books that have nothing to do right. with your business. Mm. Um, other hobbies that you're interested in. Right. That, that, that can really pull your, your focus away from being on the mat or, mm. you know, being off the mat. So right. while you're away from that, the mat, like I'll give you a, for instance, I've got a friend of mine, he is, he works at the University of Chicago Hospital. He is in the, I forget what his title is, but like, I don't know. He, he's probably close to uh, 400,000 a year, right? 
Right. So, I mean, he's in the, uh, um, he's a, in the management part. Mm-hmm. I know it's in human resources, but I just forget what his title is anymore. He's like the executive director of something, something, something. Anyways, I bring all that up because I think the only reason he stays sane is because when he actually leaves work, he leaves work and he has hobbies. Like he's got a cabin in the woods. He hunts, he fishes, he like he has, he builds, he has hobbies that cre- take that focus away from all of that other stress yeah, yeah, yeah. and focus in on that. Right. And so, you know, we as school owners need to have those in, in our away from the map periods where we're reading a good book. It could be even watching a, a, a good Netflix series. I'm not saying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but something that is going to take away your focus and, and re-engage you somewhere else to relax you. And then, when you're relaxed, you know, this, this whole scrolling crap really messes everybody up. Right. I mean, it really does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually, uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. Like I, I definitely, when you mentioned Netflix or TV shows, that's my one escape. So like I play guitar and I love series and television and movies and things of that nature. But also you'll find quite often if you want to find me, um, on a weekend, just go out in my backyard and my wife and I will be laying in the lounge chairs in the sun or floating on the float on, in our pool and we'll chat and talk. And this is where we get to. And by the way, I think that that's essential. What you had said, if you don't have a hobby an activity, it's like me, martial arts is like literally my entire life. Like all my friends are martial artists. I go to breakfast on Wednesday. We talk about martial arts. I, you know, I'm running my school, teaching my school during the day and the night. Like it's all wrapped around martial arts. What are we arts. doing here? Yeah, we're doing our podcast. We're talking about more. So it's like, it's always that. So I like, I like what you're saying. I think school owners should break away a little, you know, well, and, I- and take that time. Go kayaking, you know, go take up a new hobby, learn a new activity, you know, do something that makes you feel alive. Yeah. I mean, Friday morning, I'm going to meet my wife's cousin and we're going to go shooting. Mm, cool. You know, we'll get a few hours of shooting in. I'm going to try some different guns and, you nice. know, see what I like with, with regards to those. And, you know, and uh, <clears throat> by the time that that's completed, I'll have my, uh, uh, my phone call, my meeting with the uh, Mr. Kent, who's running the second location. Uh-huh. And by the time that's done, it'll be close to 12, 1230. And uh, I'm, I'm off for the rest of the week. Now, that being said, I will go to the studio Friday night for about a half an hour because we're recording some of those videos with regards to the um, National, Nas- uh, National, yeah, National and Martial Arts Appreciation Month where my instructors have scripts um, right. and they're going to show their appreciation to the martial arts mm-hmm. and specifically TriStar Martial yeah. Arts Academy, of course. Yeah. So there's about a half an hour that I am going to do some work um, in gathering those videos, but I'm not going to render any of those videos until come Monday, but I got to be there to help shoot it. Um, and, and then that's it. But, but I, I'm going to be immersed in gunfire right, <laughs> on Friday morning. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I love that. By the way, that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, you know, shooting, I go, my buddy owns a uh, 250 acre uh, shoot, shooting camp in uh, West Virginia. And I go there a few times a year to shoot with him. 
so I like what you're saying. I mean, I think, you know, when we're getting close on time, so like if we were to just give people advice, I think that if they take this lesson to heart, they need to maybe take and make a list of all the necessary activities, the daily necessary activities that they do to run their school, right? And then they should probably prioritize them according to um, the most important to least important, like the things that make them the most money versus the things that are just busy work, right? And if they have the availability is to delegate the things that they don't need to do that are not high value areas, such as uh, putting toilet paper or cleaning the bathroom or mopping the mats, maybe you could either one hire a cleaning company or, um, you know, do whatever. And then that task would be removed so that you could put more priority, high priority tasks in order, right? And then segment your tasks throughout the week and get them done. Like you are doing within a certain time period, you get those things done. And then the time after, I love your idea, it's time to take off for the day or relax before you go in and teach or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And the beautiful part about that is uh, then I don't drag it out. Right. I want to get it done. I want to get it done right, but I want to get it done quickly and efficiently so that I can, so that I can uh, just be away from the mat. Right. Not be sitting in this chair or not be like, I just away. Right. You know, I, I plan on uh, sitting out, you know, for about a half an hour today on the, on my deck, getting some sun. You I know? love it. I mean, yeah. I know that I've got a sweatshirt on in here and, and, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm at a, my office is in a, the lower level, so it's always colder down here. Yeah. Um, but but isn't it interesting though, Dwayne, I think that as we mature, as we, as I, you know, I'm 50, going to be 59 this year. Um, am I going to, how, how, like we, there was a great movie by Eddie Murphy called, uh, I think it was called soul man. I think, um, whatever the movie was, he was this preacher that just wandered the countryside and Jeff Goldblum run a QVC type video company that sold products. And they discovered Eddie Murphy's character and they brought him in to sell products. Right. And I've talked about this in the past and they basically said, you're going to sell this lawnmower. So Eddie, they say action and then the TVs light up and he's live on in front of tens of thousands of people. And he basically starts talking about life and he says, come with me, which is unheard of. And he like walks out of the studio and all the cameras, people are trying to follow him. And he walks out to the parking lot where there's grass and he goes down to his knees and he says, you see this grass? He goes, um, I'm such and such an age. That means I'll only have like 30 more seasons that I could touch the grass and feel the grass and smell the grass. And all of a sudden people are buying lawnmowers like right away. Like they want to be out there doing it. But what he was talking about was how much life we have, how many more, if, if I have another 20 years and I'm going to live to, let's say I'm 60, I live to 80 if I'm lucky. Right. Um, I'll only have 22 more Christmases, 22 more birthdays, 20 more t summers, you know, that kind of thing. We have to start to learn that because, you know, people never ever on their deathbed say, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have, maybe some of them do, maybe if they're, if they haven't worked at all, but we have to really appreciate what we have and take advantage of that time or else, or else, honestly, what's the sense of living? Yeah. Um, if I could leave with this, it kind of goes along with that is I, I decided that, you know, I want to live to 120. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
I just laughed. I hope that people, when they see that, I wasn't laughing at you. I just read a comment by my guy, Ryan, and he's, he's listening and he goes, you know, um, this ne next month is also national chicken month. Maybe we can incorporate chickens and national martial art appreciation month together. He's just, he has a really weird sense of humor. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's, that's funny. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, if you think about it, uh, people talk about retirement, right? right. So the retirement age uh, normally was 65. I think for mm -hmm. me, because of my age, it's going to actually be 67, like the official right. retirement age where you can right. start collecting, you know? Yeah. And so people talk about retirement. They, they think about it um, and then they hit retirement. Uh, then they retire and then they're not getting up with a purpose any, you know, every morning anymore. Yeah. Not a reason. Um, but they also know that like what you're saying, they also know that they probably are going to live maybe another 10, 20 more years. Right. And what, if, if they gave themselves a number, let's just say 87, 87 right. was, you know, they go, I'm going to live to 87. Yeah. I would love to see the statistics on that. Although that's not possible, I don't think, but I would venture to say that most people end up living to where they're thinking they're going to end up living to. Yeah. <clears throat> because if, if, if it was 87, then they're, and they're, they're, they're 67. Now they got 20 more years. Then they, they, they start treating, uh, they start making decisions based upon the fact that they're going to die at 87. They start treating their body like they're only going to live to 87. So, right. you know, what's the use in, you know, not drinking as much or not getting any exercise or, right. you know, what's the use in, um, eating, you know, correctly. working or, or working hard or whatever, yeah. because I mean, I, I, I got 20 years to just enjoy, mm. but I don't know about you. Some of the most, th some of the things that I've enjoyed the most have involved my work. Right, right. And because of my work, it's allowed me to enjoy my family more. Not that yeah. I wouldn't enjoy them, but I've, we've been able to have more experiences in different things. Right, right. Because of my work, right? Sure. Yeah. So I don't think they're separate. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't save for retirement. I'm not saying right. that you shouldn't, you know, create income so that you have, uh, you know, things it, when and if you want to use them or need them. Right. But I think... If so, if I have this right, I say I want to live to 120, and I only live to 100. But because I had the mindset that I want to live to 120, I'm going to start orchestrating my life in 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 a way that's going to get me to 120. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise correctly. I'm going right. to have less stress. I'm right. you know I'm not I'm going to do my three things and then that's right. it because now. I'm not trying to work to age 67 and try to hurry up and save and get all this money so that I can go sit yeah. on my butt for another 20 years before I die. Right. Now I have a longer plan all the way up to 120 that I can start doing those things. So I'm going to be 50 this year. Right. So that gives me another 70 years, man. Hmm. That yeah. gives me another 70 years to get a whole bunch of things done. Right. And if I just get three things done each day, you see where how that can compound. Yeah, absolutely.
Yeah, without a doubt. And it is about, you know, like they, I just looked up the life expectancy in the United States for women has dropped. It's dropping every year, by the way, which is crazy. So as in 2020 was 79.1%, I mean, 79.1 years old. And in 2000, I'm sorry, in 2020 was 79.9 years old. In 2021, it dropped to 79.1 years old. And then, uh, and it's going down for men. It was 74.2 years old. Now you're 73 years old. So it's going down because of the stress and environmental issues. And I am sure all the different things that we're put through that really have nothing to do with us, right? Government and us worrying about politics and crazy stuff like that. Um, we, we kind of shorten our life expectancy because we're not focused on happiness. Well, yeah, I, but I think happiness is, is can, you know, this is a whole other podcast, but can be an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. We, we do that as another podcast because I think that's a real good one. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that would be a whole other podcast. But right. um, if, if we're just living to die, right. then we're going to make decisions based upon that. Right. Right. You know, like, yeah woe is me. What's the point? What's the use? I'm going to yeah. die at, at age 74 or in this case, it's age 73 anyways. Yeah. You know, I was born uh, September. I'm not looking for presents here, but I was yeah. born September 16th, 1973. Oh, let me write that down. Go ahead. All right. So September 16th, 1973 was when I was born. So I'm going to make it to 120. So I'm going to die September 16th, 2,193. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about that. When you start to imagine what am I going to, what, what is my life going to look like when I'm 120, when I'm blowing out 120 candles? Right. And who is that future person going to be? And what do I need to start doing now to become that future person? Right, right, right. And, you know, really, could I own a martial arts school up until age 120? Yeah. How many students will I have seen go through and impacted and, you know, I've, I've, I've outlived them. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You, your, your teacher, uh, you said what, 124? Yeah. Crazy, right? Well, then why is it not a reality for me? Right. It could be. I mean, I understand that some genetics play into some things. I totally get that. Yeah. But I also believe that, uh, you know, your mindset, the decision, the decisive decision that you make, uh, what you believe that you're going to live up to is what you end up living up to. How many times have we put these expectations of ourselves only to this point? And what do we do? We live up to that expectation, but we don't exceed it. Of course. And how many times have we put expectations on other individuals and they've lived up to those expectations, but not exceeded them because we limited them with our own expectations. Right. 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 Of course. So that's why I think it's important for me. I I can segment the on the mat, off the mat and away from the mat. Yeah. I can pick the three things that I'm going to accomplish each day and then take time off after that, because I know I have 70 more years to complete everything that I want to complete. Right. 
I love it. And by the way, you could retire at 62. It's just a 30% reduction. Oh, okay. On like you, you, you get less, but, yeah. but at the same time, when you get less over the course of the next three years that you would have waited, you kind of make it up anyway. So, you know, within, within, you know, a few thousand dollars, but I love what you're saying, Dwayne. I love the podcast. I think it was phenomenal. It was definitely eye opening. People might've read the topic and said, what is this going to be about? But not only did we talk about, you know, getting the most of your time and how to segment the different activities in the three or four categories that we broke it down in, but it also dug deep into the personal side of how to live a more fulfilled life and, you know, really, really enjoy life, you know, and, and take that time to recognize the fact that if you're going to be downtime, shut off time, it's got to be quality time, right? Like, can't be working in your brain while you're taking a vacation on, on the beach, you know, that kind of thing. You got to really take that time to just shut down. Well, and you just real quickly, if, if I follow this, right, if I do these three segments on, off, and away from the mat, and then I teach my um, head instructors how to do the same thing on, yeah. off, and away from the mat, how much better of a life and I believe even studio are we going to have mm-hmm. yeah. like all of our internal communication happens through a, a program called Slack. Mm-hmm. And that way one, I don't have to search for emails from my client or my um, uh, uh, employees. I don't have to go. Oh, this was in a text message. This was in a Slack. This was, right. it's all through right. Slack. Well, the wonderful thing about that is like, Mr. Bean, he starts at one o'clock every day. Right. Right. I might be working on something. I need him to answer a question for me. I'll slack him. And then what I do is I set that slack to be sent at 1 p.m. when he's when right. he's at off the mat. Right. He's not on the mat teaching, but right. he has that right. off the mat time before right. he has to step on the mat. And yeah. that's when yeah. I want him to answer my question. I don't send it to him while he's at home. Right. I don't want, you know, that, and that's maybe a whole nother podcast, but that's right. what I call a, a pull notification, not a push notification mm-hmm. where he gets to pull it when it's time for him to work on it. Right. right. Love it. Does that Love make it. sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. All that right. Was, Sorry to keep rambling. That was also another book that you, we had talked about, right? That wasn't crucial yes. conversations. What was that book? I, I remember reading that too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I can't remember the name, but um, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, you didn't really care for it too much because it was... <laughs> It was too well, technical. Well, it was it was more about software and what software and a lot of it I wasn't going to be using or buying into or doing. But I, I thought like that was a good way, like what you just said, a central hub, which we actually use for in our school for uh, we use Spark app for that central communication network. If parents want to communicate, read, find out what's going on, it's all on our app. Yeah, we do that for for uh, yeah. our clients, but right. just employees. That's what. Yeah, we're no, Slack. I understand. That's what Slack that you use for internal co- yep. communication. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Dwayne. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you and your knowledge and the time spent with you. So thank you very much, and I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add health coaching. 
helping school owners create a new and easy-to-implement revenue stream for your school. Visit adhealthcoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.